Good morning, good afternoon. Welcome back to our show. We are Option Forward. Uh, we are joined today by a very, very special guest. Um, I'm going to let her introduce herself. But as I do all the time, uh, I open up the floor to uh, GQ Ness. So how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, definitely blessed to live another day. Uh, ready to record, you know, ready to do it. You know, well, it was good. <laughs> okay, okay. And what are what we're going to cover today are uh, one are several subjects. We're going to go over several things today. But what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the relationship between uh, mental health therapy and we're also going to come from a little scriptural, a little religious type, a little tie into it. But our expert on that, all right, our subject matter expert today, we have Miss Brittany Moses. How are you doing today? Hey, y'all. I'm so glad to be here. You guys are awesome. This is great. Um, yeah, faith and mental health is kind of my jam. Okay. Um, and I know we're going to get into that. Yeah, we're we going to get all into that. So tell the listeners and the viewers a little bit about yourself. What, what should we know about Brittany before we dive in? All right. So I am born and raised Los Angeles girl. Um, I have a son. He's 12 years old. And yeah, a lot of what I do is at the intersection of faith and mental health. And that comes from my background serving in the church for years and encountering a lot of mental health crises, having a youth and young adult nonprofit when I was younger, encountering a lot of mental health crises that I didn't expect. I kind of became a manager of mental health crisis situations and realizing we didn't have all the resources and understanding that we needed. And that led me to go back to school, which I thankfully got to go to UCLA, which is my dream school, study psychology, do clinical research. Um, so now I really get to have the opportunity and joy of being able to talk about the integration of faith and mental health, reducing stigma, talking about what practically helps and what's helped in my own journey. Okay. So, yeah. Now think back, take me back. I don't know how long it's been or when it actually, when a spark happened. Yeah. But when did you realize that it was a calling? You know what I'm saying? Maybe, you know, mm -hmm. you had an idea. The idea and the calling is a little bit different. So when did you realize that there was a calling in your life that you need to focus on the importance of the mental health uh, with the faith base, like tied into it? Yeah. I think that connecting with people has always been my strength. I've always been a people person ever since I was, in high school, I was the girl that all my friends came to for stuff. Um, I think we talked about this. I didn't do so great academically in high school, probably because I was too social and I was very involved with people and my friends. But um, so I was always I've always been a person who's just strong, strongly connects with others well. And so when I was when I decided to go back to church and uh, rededicate to my faith when I was in my late teens, that's when I started serving and. It just kind of naturally happened where people would come to me. But when, but, but when sorry yeah. to interrupt ahead, you on that ahead. one, but yeah. like, what was the tipping point yeah. that that led you to the faith base yeah. to, to reconnect on that? Is it like mm. your emotional intelligence? Like, okay. what is it? Okay, so true story. I was serving at a church in Dallas, Texas, a new church plant. But 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 at that point, were you serving like happily, or you were like, ah, here you go, I gotta go here. You know what I mean? I was I was I had just moved there at the okay. time, so I was trying to get planted, and I really liked the growth that came from okay. serving and connecting with others. And so there was a situation where, and I'll give like a trigger suicide warning here. Um, 
uh, the lead pastor had been approached by some parents of, some, of this young man in the youth group. And they had basically told him that their son was suicidal and they had found a gun in his room. And the lead pastor came to me because I was dealing with the youth at that time. I was over youth leadership. And he basically came to me and was like, hey, this is what's going on with this family. Would you mind like meeting with them, consoling them? And I did meet with that family. I sat down. I listened. I kind of prayed with them. I had no training. Like I had no mental health training at this time. It was just all intuitive connection and just support. But that was a light bulb moment for me when I realized like how dire it was that we did not have a protocol for these situations. We did not have the resources for this situation. We didn't have the the full understanding and we were just kind of taking it into our hands. And I think that was one of many moments that really was like, yo, like we got to we got to find more practical solutions. Like we got the spiritual side and the spiritual information in scripture, but like we need practical uh, tools to deal with these things. And so that led me to like reading a lot of books on mental health and then eventually going back to school. And when I went, when I did go back to school, um, I, like I said, I was a terrible student. So I had a lot of imposter syndrome going back to school. But once I started taking those psych classes, everything was clicking. Like the concepts were clicking with me. And then scripture was also clicking with me and how it tied in with psychological concepts. And it just came to me in a way that felt like a calling. Like it just felt like I was graced for this. It was was all coming together for me. And not only that, I felt like I could communicate it very clearly. It made sense to me. Um, And that's when I started blogging and everything else started taking off. But like it was those situations. It was dealing with very severe situations in the church and realizing we didn't have what we needed to combat that and that it was seriously prevalent. And also like being in school and noticing that this was something that really felt like home to me and really clicked for me. But how do you, like, were you a little bit scared at the time? Because think about it, they tell you like, yo, talk to this dude. He's he's trying to kill himself, you know what I mean? And then I think as humans, we tend to, when we think we're consolidating someone, we're just trying to kind of tell them how to feel. Versus mm-hmm. saying, hey, I understand, you know, yeah. and and I think that that's the part where it could have backfired. Like, what if totally. he's like, you, you're like, yo, is everything's going to be OK? And he's like, no, jump off the bridge. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and that falls on you because obviously it's kind of one of those situations where if you don't know what to do, just, you know, kind of tippy, tippy toe right. your way out of it and, and just hope to God that everything, you know, doesn't go bad. So, yeah, wasn't that a little scary? Like, didn't you? It wasn't as much scary as I felt hopeless. Like I was used to, I was used to um, talking with people, supporting people, comforting people. Also, suicidal ideation was something I struggled with as a teenager. Um, I struggled with a, I had a period. Yeah, I had a period where I had struggled with self harm. Um, So I just, I understood, you know. And so I was just there providing support and understanding. So I didn't feel scared, um, but I felt hopeless because I felt like there was a gap in my understanding and there was a limit to my knowledge and resources of what to do in these situations, like practically. And so that's what inspired me to become more knowledgeable about it. And what was one key thing that you could say, like, I could have used this utensil uh, at that particular moment that, you know, kind of opened your, your eyes and changed everything for you. Yeah. I wish I just would have had like resources to local you know, community support groups to therapists, to things like NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness that provides like 
free support groups to those in the community struggling with mental health challenges, um, even just like crisis text line numbers. I just wish that I had some more things on hand that I could refer to because like you said, you know, we can't be the person's whole process, right? Like I'm not going to fix this person all by myself in one day. And I think I used to think that, but now it's like, no, you know, uh, one plants a seed, another waters, you know, we all have our roles. Um, So I wish that I would have been a better connector to further resources rather than leave it at, oh, I supported them. I prayed with them. Hope they're all right. But but let me ask (laughs) you you this. Did he live? To my knowledge, <laughs> yes. From what yeah, I last, you didn't check, check the my last you, lighting, yes. You, okay, so then you but, did. You but did I some don't right. know. But you know, yeah, you I don't know. know. Check the yeah. newspaper. You it's the mean? same thing with being a crisis. Like I'm a crisis text line counselor, and so I have gotten um, people who had a means, had a plan, had a date. You know, and I've had to de-escalate that. And thankfully, they say at the end, like, okay, yeah, thanks. I'm going to try to use these resources, what have you. But I don't know. That's where you give it to God. You did. Well, well there's, there's a lot behind that. I mean, I yeah. can tell you personally myself. I mean, I've suffered through like I suffered till this day uh, with mental health. And mm-hmm. you have your days and then you have your days that, oh, my God, like everything is just horrible, you know. Yeah. And and the funny part about it is that I can relate a little bit, you know, to you as far as people coming mm-hmm. uh, to me and stuff. And um, I'm not going to lie. Like there's several times where people have have said, you know, like, oh, I feel this type of way. Um, you know, I want to, you know, quote unquote, kill myself. And and yeah. I've said, like, do it. it. Not in a bad way, but it's just kind of like more of a, I just feel like sometimes going against it and and and, and it's kind of like you make it worse. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if somebody feels like everything is bad, right? Yeah. The worst thing that you could say, it's like, everything's going to be good, you know? Right, because then so, it invalidates it invalidates the whole, experience. the whole thing. And, yeah. and, and, you know, I remember saying that to a person and that person looked at me and, and she started laughing. You know what I mean? She was like, that's like, you're really messed up. You know, it was almost but, humorous. It yeah. almost turned it into like yeah. a humorous It changed, situation. it changed the whole perspective. It yeah. changed the conversation, but obviously sometimes, you know, I, I can't rely on that. Like what if, what if next time oh, I did yeah. it, like do it. And then he's yeah. like, jumps you know what i mean yeah. like you you kind of like you're doomed if you do you're doomed if you don't but yeah um i just think that from a personal experience it's just that one second right mm-hmm. that someone can just like i said they don't even have to tell you anything it's just the presence the aura exactly uh, the the things that you bring to that one second that that person is feeling hopeless yeah it changes everything Absolutely. you know and, you know, a lot of people, the first thing is, oh, you got to get on meds or, oh, you know, we're going to call the cops or, oh, you got to do all this. Um, but but they don't realize that all of it is just that one moment because yeah. every day is a battle. Next yeah. thing, next day, you're going to ch- you're going to feel different because, I mean, a lot of people are like, you bipolar ass, like. I, I can't help it, but mm. I, I always prepare myself that when I, when I am happy, yeah. I'm, I'm preparing myself for that one day that I know that it's going to be like shit's going to get real in my head, you know, can. because I, I'm just, I'm yeah. just worried about that one second because that, that, that can change everything. You one know? day at a time. Now you mentioned that you, um, you de-escalated the situation. <laughs> so when in a de-escalation, if you had to like combine it all, most of the times, what was like the first step? Like, what did you, yeah. was it a identification? Did you have to identify with the actual problem, the root cause of the situation? So in the de-escalation, what did you, 
What, yeah. What, how'd you do that? I mean, there's it, it really depends on the situation, but what you were speaking to is validating. Like you got to validate, you know, you can't, the more that you tell people like, oh, you're fine or it'll be okay. Or you dismiss it, the more it leads people to feel even more and more disconnected and alone because nobody is validating this very real, these very real thoughts, these very real experiences. Like nobody wants to feel that way, but you, you do for whatever reason. And so I think it is validating. And it's also something that we we call like strength IDs. So it's just like even still affirming people in their sharing where it's like, wow, like it was really brave of you to share that with me. Or it was just like, I really appreciate you sharing that with me because you could have not, but you chose to. And like just the fact that you did shows that you're like more self-aware than you may realize. And um that's first of all, that's that's huge in itself. Like and um, so that's the first thing I think, like you were saying, it's just really just affirming what's going on. Um, usually that's when we'll ask, like, OK, do you have a plan of how you would do it? OK, you do have a plan. OK, next step. Do you have a means? You know, if they're like, yeah, I have this in my closet or I have that in the cupboard, you know, it's like. Okay, you have access to that. Yeah. Do you have a date? Right. We call it like a it's like a ladder. We kind of right. go down the ladder to see how serious it is. And then um, it doesn't always get all the way there. But then when it does, we do red flag it to I mean, on this platform to like the supervisor to let them know. And that's when we try to ask them like, you know, things like, well, what usually helps you feel better, like in these situations or when it gets like this? Because you don't want to, like you were saying, you just need to do this. You just need to do that. You don't want to belittle people. Like people do have some level of common sense wisdom and intuition as to what has helped them before, but they just need someone to help pull that out. You know, okay, so, you know, yoga helps you or stretching helps you. Like, would it? what do you think about doing that, you know, tonight? Or what do you think about doing that? Do you think that would help? Or, you know, is there someone else in your life that, you can talk to about this, right? Because if we're just on the line with them for five minutes or whatever it is, that's it, you know? Who else can you talk to? Okay, do you feel comfortable talking to this person? Um, why don't you Why don't you talk with them, you know? Or why don't you connect with them and share what's going on or things like that, like trying to connect them to what is already within their reach and what they can do and also being like, okay, after you ask them, like, what are things that help you? Okay, so we have a plan. So you're going to, you're going to do this tonight instead. You're going to do some yoga. You're going to call your friend. You know, you're going to do this and that. Like, that's great. Um, like you're I mean, the fact that you realize that and that you were able to pull that out. I think that you are more um, intuitive than, than you may realize. Again, providing more strength that it's something that they pulled out for themselves, but you were just there to support. So there's a way like I'm not going to break down the whole handbook. No, no, no. But no, yeah, no. there's definitely a way to help validate, strengthen, pull out some of that common sense wisdom and reachable resources that help and try to encourage them to take those steps instead. And a lot of times people will feel better just talking about it, like just being able to share it with someone and get it out. Sometimes that's just enough to de-escalate a situation, you know, and we let them know, hey, if you feel this way again, you can text us back anytime, 24-7, we're here. If you do feel that way again um, and meet them in that moment as many times as they need, that's what's great about it crisis text line and it's it's kind of it has to like i think a lot of people feel embarrassed to do all those things you know what i mean because think about it like you could be normal 
you could be walking around normally and then and then like you break down and then the next day you got to wake up like shit did i make that call like you know what i mean yeah. did i did i talk That's about real. did i talk about all this because i mean i think all as humans we all have you know um dark thoughts that mm-hmm. sometimes it can change the perspective of how you're you're seen or how you're judged from it's That's like real. it's like if somebody if, if if you call the hotline and then later on you know that that person is you know um uh, he could be a, a psychologist himself or he could be a doctor or he yeah. and so now you're like hell no you're suicidal ass i'm not letting you treat me you know what i mean so yeah. or i heard what you said and oh damn like you're kind of wild you know so I think you got to give them props and that, and that's like yeah. how you got to massage that whole situation. Yeah. I mean, and to be honest, like people in the mental health world are used to that stuff. It takes a lot to surprise because you hear a lot and um, I, I'll just speak personally. Like I don't judge anything. Like I don't judge how people, what people say or do when they're trying to survive um, when they're, you know, having an episode, like we know it just comes with the territory. And a lot of people I know, um, it, Are you immune to it? That's a great question because I was having this conversation with a friend. I'm like, I, it's normalized for me, but I'm not desensitized to it, if that makes sense. Like, it's normalized for me, but it still does impact me. Um, and I still do feel for any situation that comes up. Did you yeah. like like soap operas when you were little? <laughs> no, <or something>? but <laughs> something is up with me because I don't know why I'm drawn to it. <laughs> Emotional intelligence. I think that's really what it is. It's like maybe you, maybe you. I think like as humans, we're like addicted to drama. We're addicted to emotions. We're addicted to oh all that. Wait till you meet my fiance. He <laughs> loves the juice. I'm like, but it's also because he has no drama. So I think it's like one of those things where he's it, like, it's a soap opera. But, yeah, but also like maybe you guys relate to this. Like I've been through some dark stuff, you know, I've been through some heavy stuff with, you know, abuse. And like I said, I had struggled with suicidal ideation as a teenager and, um, a lot of stuff, you know, which is another podcast for another day. Right, right. But when you've been there and you've experienced what having that support feels like at the right time, and you've experienced what it does feel like to feel alone, or it does feel like to feel crazy. Like, because you've been there and now you're kind of, I don't want to say out of it, but you're on the other side of it. It makes you even more, for me, I'll speak personally. It makes me even more like, oh, I want to be that person in that time because I know what that time was like for me. I know what that felt like for me. And I know, like you said, just that moment, how just that moment can change everything. You know, it can change that whole trajectory because I've had people who were there at my darkest moment when I was down and just having their support at that time when I needed it most, I do feel changed the trajectory of the actions and behaviors that I took and everything. And so when you've had that, it's like you just want to you want to give that back, you know, and that's that's, that's, that's what deep. it is for me. That's deep. I mean, yeah, it, it's um, and, I, and I'm going to share this. I think it's a little personal, but I think it's something that uh, I, I feel it's a good accomplishment. I just think yeah. that when you're in that once again that moment and you take it to a very dark side and you survive Mm -hmm. (laughs) look how stupid you look the next day you know what i mean so now you have to live with that how do i repair that how Mm -hmm. do i like for yourself not for what people are gonna say but it's just like at that point i think that's the part where for me god kicked in because because i'm because i'm like okay it doesn't matter what i do or how i do it 
um, if 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 it didn't happen, I'm here for a reason. Yeah. And somehow I'm connecting to God for a reason, right? So at this point, I don't even complain anymore. I'm like, ah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. forget it because because you you reach to a point where you're like, you have a purpose. Yeah. And if you and if you manage to win, uh, go through that situation, survive, yeah. then at that point you're like, all right, you know, something, sometimes though. you got to be a little bit. That's when you got to start thinking of it's not about you, right? It's yeah. it's about it's about what you can do for yourself when yeah. you're in this world. Because once again, I mean, we were talking about it earlier. Like we walk around this world like like we know what's gonna happen, but reality we is don't. we don't. We never do. You know? And really quickly, I know you're like, he got his questions. Yeah, like really quickly, too. And what you were saying about like people might think you look crazy the next day. I also think there's something to be said about having the right people around you, like who also can just know you and understand you that you can fully be yourself with because they know and understand you. So like a lot of times when people have mental health diagnoses, I think it's really great to educate the people around you. Like, look. This is, it's not just me being crazy. Like, this is a part of, this is what happens. Like, you know, these are my signs. These are, when I'm at my edge, this is what happens. And that way, the people who love you, who know you, who are around you can go, oh, we recognize that. Like, oh, okay, this was a part of it. You know, like I have really close friends who struggle with depression and sometimes they freaking fall off the face of the planet. Like they're talking to you one day and then the next day it's like, oh, I haven't heard from you and like, <laughs> Two weeks and I've been like texting you, but I don't, I, I know, like, I know they struggle with that. So I know like, okay, they're in an episode right now, you know, so it's really, they don't sometimes have the energy or wherewithal or mental space to be like talking and texting all the time. They're regathering themselves. So, Hey, whenever you show back up, I'm here, like no strings attached, like no, uh, you know, tightly held, ex- no right. judgment, like. Right. I don't, if you disappear for two weeks and then you just pop up and you're like, hey, like nothing happened. Hey, I I know, I know that's part of what you struggle with. Like, I know that's a part of it, you know, and I'm here um, through those symptoms. So, um, and just being that safe person. So I think it's so important if you are someone who has a mental health diagnosis or just has mental health challenges that come up and it does affect interpersonal relationships to educate people around you about what it is that you struggle with i mean not it's not for everybody you know but those who you love and trust um who you truly believe are there to genuinely support you and be there for you letting them know ahead you know that way they can be aware because a lot of people still just don't really understand like these are symptoms of a diagnosis like it's not someone just being like off the wall or crazy or whatever like no like these this is a real thing being dramatic or she being dramatic type of stuff like but people just have to be more educated that way when things like that happen it's like oh he reacted or she reacted that way because they were in this space because it's a part of this mental health challenge i get it all right i'm here what what do we do now what's up it's like it's like you know like you're that process is like being a part-time hermit for some point you know and yeah and you kind of connect with yourself a little bit more i I don't i don't because i i do that all the time i go incognito for the longest but yeah but it's kind of one of those things where you reconnect with yourself you reconnect with your thoughts because uh, um you know this world is tough <laughs> i mean it's, it's pretty it's tough hard. and it's changing and, yeah. and you know everything is just you know what happened yesterday isn't the same today you know um there's so many moving parts that you got to you got your emotions so you got to you know kind of have all that into 
you know, compress everything, that's kind of hard. It's a lot. Yeah. You need that space. Speaking of that, I think, you know, I think for one myself, I yeah. think we all struggle with mental health. Totally. Like, because it's a spectrum. It's, you know, we have yeah. to be challenged by something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And even if it's our own expectations, if we're not living up to our own expectations, that, I will say that's my biggest struggle, you know, or like, I know I'm not great at everything, but when I attempt to do something, I expect to be Mm -hmm. great at it. You know what I'm saying? Or because I'm putting my all into it, you know, but speaking of that, I think that comes with, with stress. So how um, important is it for us? Cause you know, life, you know, curveballs, distressors, how important is it to look at that through a, a, a biblical viewpoint? Yeah. A lot of times when we talk about stress, we really only talk about like this negative side of stress, which is true. Uh, Stress management is a really big part of our health, like not just our mental health, but literally our physical health. They found that people with stress management skills like have a lower risk of cancer, you know, and because stress stores in your body, it stores in your nervous system. It creates um, inflammation in your body. It lowers your immune system. Stress is related to, you know, underlying causes for diseases and right. stuff, right? So yes, there is that side of stress. Um, you meant you had just mentioned like, you know, sometimes you have this stress of just pushing yourself and even just what we would call like the real self versus the ideal self. It's like who I am and who I want to be. And then you feel like there's this gap. Um, and there's a site. So there's this side of stress called eustress, which is a positive stress. It's a stress that we need. We need some level of pressure. Like we all have a peak, what our peak level is, but we do need some level of stress, of positive stress that's going to push us to do things. Um, So we don't become apathetic. I think we've all felt that where we have like no pressure of anything and nothing pushing us or we know we're not going to get something done unless we have that due date. You know, we're not going to do something unless there's some accountability behind it. And so some level of stress is good. Because it motivates us to get things done. We need it. We need it to be productive people in our lives and in society. Um, But then there is that more negative stress, which is when things are overwhelming. That's the word I would use, right? It's kind of beyond your capacity to cope or it leads to that burnout or that mental exacerbation, you know. Um, And some of it's self-imposed, like you said, where it's like, I need to do a million things and I'm not getting it done or I'm trying to reach here and I'm, I'm not getting there. And that's where I think scripture comes in and faith comes in, where it's like, you know, one, where God says all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called. So it's like, even if I don't do everything perfectly, I know that God can still work it all together. I know that it can all work together, you know, or just that, you know, surrendering your burdens, casting your burdens on him. Like I did the best I could with today. I give it to him and we're going to start over tomorrow. His mercies are new tomorrow. And that's where the faith comes in. It comes in at that, you know, that letting go, that surrender side, which we have to do at some point with stress. <laughs> at some point, we got to let what we've done be enough for ourselves and trust that God can work with what we have, you know, give it to him and uh, let him do more than we could ask or imagine with the results. And and you know the, the crazy part about all of it, I mean, is that we're technically okay, it's like I I I I did this this quote the other day that I said, um, mm-hmm. everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. 
right? Mm. Mm-hmm. So, so it's crazy because the reality is, is that, uh, I mean, personally, I feel like we're in hell right now, right? So you're, you're trying to survive in this crazy world where, um, you know, TikTok is a thing, you know what I mean? Like there's so many different, uh, so many different stuff that you're, you're now, it's not, it's not. We're getting old. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're I, I feel like I'm getting obsolete, right? We're getting old. And, and I just keep up. I, I just feel like like that old Terminator. If we really think about it, yeah, we're we're asking God to like here have it in your hands. But the reality is 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 that um, it's kind of you're just kind of mind effing yourself to to go through that moment and mm. to to be able to just say okay, well tomorrow will be a better day. But the reality is is that we don't know what's gonna happen. We don't yeah. know like. That's why I always just say, we're going to start over tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we don't know. We'll give it another shot. <laughs> like, like all that, it's all psychological. It like it, It's it's we're, self-talk. We're, yeah, yeah. And and obviously, yes, having hope, that's the beauty of religion, yeah. right? Um, having hope is just having that positive, because, because yeah. positive thinking, positive outcome. You know, if you have yeah. God in your life, things are going to be a lot more, um, let's just say, more... Uh, you could actually kind of slide through it, you know, yeah. versus, versus if, if you, you don't believe in anything. Yeah. If you don't believe in anything, who, then what are you living for? Like, what are you doing? Like, you're just floating. I mean, that's a very philosophical question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it's true. You know, Hebrew says that hope is the assurance of things unseen, you right. know, where it's like you said, we don't know. I don't know what the future is going to look like. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I trust that, God has me. And my evidence of that is that, like you said earlier, I survived that. I survived that. I survived that. He got me through what felt impossible at the time. That is my evidence that it is that he can get me through the impossible again, you know, and and that's my confidence, you know? Yeah. And so that's where it, that's where it comes in. (laughs) It's it's like a relationship, like a weird relationship that you have with hope with yeah and and some people call it hope some people call it religion some people call it i mean it's just people interpret it so many different yeah. ways yeah. because i think sometimes religion can um you know kind of stir people from the the main concept of what god stands for mm-hmm. you know because people think that if i do this i'm gonna get a reward or i'm gonna if i do this right. things are gonna happen that's a genie you know what i mean so yeah, so like yeah. I think I think the, the the part where God helps you is that okay, he made me go through that and I survived. So that means that there's something better. So now I'm equipped with all this uh um all these tools, all yeah, these things like that, that that now the next thing that happens is probably not gonna affect you as bad as it did the first time. So because now you know how to deal with it because you've dealt with it before. Yeah, yeah, that's I, good. I think oftentimes it's that variation of we say, well, we don't know. Uh, he's saying it a lot um, yeah. right now. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I think we fall into this trap where we need to remind ourselves that the God of yesterday is the same God of today. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So he's yes. constant. That is the constant thing we have exactly. in our lives. And if that's what you believe in, um, you know, that's what you rely on. So yeah. it doesn't matter what changes tomorrow yeah. or two weeks or a year. You know what I'm saying? That same God who brought you 
then we'll bring you through Things now. Things change. You can and count then, on change. But you know, anybody anybody that was raised in church, you always hear, you know, prayer changes things. You know what I'm saying? Did you pray about it? You know? Yeah. And I I remember, yeah, no. So I remember, man, I, I'm a praying guy. Like yeah. I pray about everything, everything. Yeah. And there have been times where I felt like maybe like my minutes ran out on my phone and God just didn't hear me. <laughs> you know, like I, I was doing, yeah. I thought I was doing everything right, you know, fasting yeah. and praying, right? Yeah. Um, how do you how do you deal with that? Like, have there been times where you, man, you was like. Did you call a hotline too? Yeah. Like, yeah hey, probably you know, should have. This is not even a selfish <laughs> prayer. If this is answered, this yeah. is going to benefit everyone, not just yeah. me. And it didn't come through. How did you deal with that? Yeah, that, that's real. Um, and it helped. I think those unanswered prayers really matured my faith a lot. So, um, I do believe in prayer. Absolutely. I also believe faith without works is dead. So I do believe there's a work side, but, um, yeah, to be completely transparent, you know, when I was younger, I was, okay. had my son at 18, uh, married his dad at like 20, you know, just was like, this is, I think the right next thing to do, you know? And, um, and it ended up not working out. Um, it's all right. I'm newly engaged to the love of my life. (laughs) It's great. It's great. Thank you. But I remember going through that divorce um, and you know, him deciding to go a different direction with his life. And I felt like I did everything. Like I was going to church, you know, we were planted in a church and I was praying, I was praying over him. I was praying over our marriage. I was, you know, um, just doing everything, you know? And I felt like I was in ministry, I was serving and I had that genie. I think that, I think I had that immature genie image of God where it's like, if I do all the right things, I'm going to be blessed. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. inevitably like God, I'm, I'm praying, I'm surrendering, but ultimately he is a human being with his own free will and I don't have the power to change him. And it's like, well, God, you can change people's hearts. How come you haven't changed this person's heart? <laughs> right. And then I guess that gets into a discussion about free will, which is another theological conversation for another day. But it didn't work out. It fell apart. I ended up a single mom. I was homeless for a little while, staying on a friend's couch. I had to go back home, rebuild my life. And hitting that rock bottom, because I ended up facing a lot of mental health challenges as well, I was I had to deal with feelings of shame and failure, and I did everything, and it didn't work out, and what's wrong with me, and with, like all of that stuff. And just looking back, like, I don't know, like, sometimes we also pray expecting a specific outcome in mind, and God is, his ways are not our ways, right? His thoughts are not our thoughts. So we think that when we pray, like, this should be the outcome. And that's where we get jarred, you know, because it's like, it ends up being a different outcome. But if I, when I look back, the outcomes always end up being way more than I could even imagine and way more better. Like I'm in a way better situation right now. Like, and- It don't feel like that when you- It didn't feel, no heck no. Like it felt terrible. And I had to, I went off the grid for like a year just trying to heal and just trying to build my life back, find a job, like just- foundational stuff. And so I think it's not that God isn't answering the prayers, but maybe it's just, I know this sounds cliche, but it's just different than we thought or we expected. Or, you know, it's that whole, like, sometimes a teacher is silent during the test because there's something to be learned. And in that season, I learned so much about myself. I dealt with so much healing, not just with that divorce, but it opened up a lot of other things in my life that I needed to heal from, from trauma and anxiety and these 
cycles that I was in and these harmful cycles and habits that I was in in my life that I never unpacked, that I never dealt with. And going through that opened all that up. And I got, and I was able to heal. I was able to mature as a person in my faith and my, um, in my views of faith. Like, okay, you can do all the right things and things can still happen. You can do all the right things and still struggle with depression. You can still struggle with anxiety. You can still end up with health issues. Like, it just really matured my faith, you know, and, um, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that so much more now. And also it allowed me to sit with other people. I just did a, um, single mom. I just spoke at a single mom's conference this year, you know, and I was able to kind of talk about dealing with the shame, dealing with the getting to the other side and giving hope. I would not have been able to do that if I did not go through that, you know, and if it didn't turn out the way that it turned out. So you just never know, like you never know how that outcome is meant to work out, how it's going to work out. So now I just don't even question outcomes anymore. I just let that go. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm praying for, but like, I'm open. I'm just more of it. I've learned that the key is not, um, it's not clinging, but it's adaptability. I just have realized like that is kind of the success to life. It's like just being willing to adapt if things aren't the way that you thought it would be rather than clinging to an outcome. So I don't cling to outcomes the way I used to. Now it's like, this is what I'm hoping for. This is what I'm praying for, but I'm adaptable. I choose to position my heart to be adaptable. And that has just made life flow a little bit easier for me. It makes sense. Because like, (laughs) think about a problem, right? Let's just say right now you have the worst problem right now. Yeah. By... Tuesday, you're probably not going to feel the same way. You might not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so it's like the more we cling ourselves to a situation or yeah. to our emotions, the harder it is to get out of it. Yeah. Right? Get stuck. So so like okay, maybe God didn't answer the 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 prayers you were you were asking for, but if you think what you asked back then and what's mm-hmm. happening right now oh i'm pretty sure right now is better than probably yes. what you asked I'm right i'm so glad that i not at the time but i'm so glad that the outcome it just ended up being i don't know if i would have gone back to school when i was stuck in that situation i don't know if i would be sitting here i don't know if i'd be talking about mental health i don't because that whole situation forced me to face all those things deals with those things and um propelled me to um, go in a different direction with my life when I had to rebuild my life back. And so this whole trajectory really came from that, you know, and I'm pretty sure we, a lot of us have similar stories about how a rock bottom moment and an un- a prayer that seemed unanswered actually took us into a trajectory that was better than we thought and imagined. And so I just, I just trust God. <laughs> I'm just like, YOLO. Yeah. I mean- YOLO. Like, but what yeah. what would be your advice, though? Because it's funny yeah. that you said, like, so there's, so let me break it down. There's two aspects to it. There's yeah. checking the boxes because you're expecting or you're wanting the reward. So that's the only reason why you're doing that action. Mm-hmm. And then there's a difference between that person who's doing it out of the kindness, out of the heart. They feel that that's what, that they're being called to do. Yeah. So what advice would you give uh, those those people out there who struggle with that where like you said yeah. yo god i'm serving yeah. i'm i'm active um you know what i'm saying i'm witnessing i'm spreading yeah. the your word and, and and your good positive uh vibes all throughout the world yeah. and this happens to me and oftentimes 
when things like that happen to people, that's what makes them turn their back on their yep. faith. Um, what what would you say like to somebody who's struggling with that or maybe yeah. going through that? I feel like I'm talking to my past self. It's like what I'd say to my past self when I was there. I think that I'm just going to be very bold in saying I think they need to deconstruct their whole notion of how faith works with that and reconstruct a healthier faith. Yeah. And and reconstruct a healthier faith. It took me hitting rock bottom to do that. A lot of people who struggle with mental health challenges, they have to face that because it's like, I've prayed, but I still have this diagnosis or I still have this health issue. So I think that people who have lived through suffering sometimes have a healthier perspective because they have to face the fact all the time that things aren't maybe cured all the way, or they still have to struggle, but they found a way to still coexist with their struggles and their faith. And that cookie cutter version that I think is very Americanized, it's very prosperity, it sounds good, but it doesn't work for real life. So the first thing I want to call out is that belief system. It's some, it relates to something we call the just world hypothesis. So the just world hypothesis in the psychology world is this idea that we expect we live in this just world. And we could apply that to faith and religion as well. So if I do all the right things, then good things should happen to me. If someone does all the wrong things, then bad things will happen to them. The problem with this is that it's not reality. People can be well-intentioned and well-meaning and do all the right things and bad things and terrible, unexpected things can happen to them. And it had nothing to do with what they did. People can be terrible people and still go on to succeed, you know, and be successful in life. And they're wicked or, you know, we see it all the time in the world. It's like, why are they? It's terrible, you know, but it happens because I hate to say it, but the world is not just. The world is not fair. We live in a fallen world. So I would deconstruct that. And, you know, this is biblical. You know, in John 9, there's an instance where Jesus is with the disciples and they encounter a blind man. And his disciples are like, to Jesus, they say, Rabbi, Rabbi, what sin did this man commit or his parents commit that he ended up blind? And Jesus turns to them and says, there were no sins that this man committed. There was no sins that his parents committed. He ends up saying, this happened so that God may be glorified. He heals him, and that man becomes a testament to the power of God. And that's used, right? And so God uses that healing, that miracle. Um, But the whole point is, Jesus is saying, like, it's not something he did. Like, it's something that's happened in a part of his life, and God's going to use it, you know? And the reason why we cling to these ideas, there's when we hold on, when we have a belief, we're holding on to it because it serves us for some reason. Mm-hmm. It, there's a way that it serves us, and that's why we hold on to it. So the way that the just world hypothesis serves us is that it gives us a sense of control over our lives. And that's what we want. We want to feel like we're in control. So if I believe this way, then all I have to do is all the right things. And I'll be rewarded. I have some control over my world. And I can trust that bad things are going to happen to the people who are doing wrong and good things are going to... It gives you control over your world. And that's why we cling to that belief system. And you can be religious or not (laughs) and believe this, right? Right. Um, But in the faith aspect, that can be projected to a faith outlook, you know, when it comes to God and how he rewards or blesses or whatever people. And so I think we just need to deconstruct that entire belief system. I think we need to deconstruct, you know, this just world hypothesis that is also permeated in our faith because there's nothing in, you know, scripture that's like, I mean, it does say if like you're obedient, you'll be blessed and what have you, but it also says that there are going to be trials and tribulations on this earth, you know, and that God is with you through them and that he's overcome the world. But it's very clear that it's a part of life, you know? So 
that's what I would say as a loving correction <laughs> is like you just need to revisit that entire belief system to develop and adapt a belief system that is more whole, that is more comprehensive, that is more aligned with reality realistic and i think not only will you be able to reconcile hard situations with your faith better but i think you're going to also be able to support other people better too because that's where judgment comes in because now if something bad does happen to someone or they do have depression or anxiety or they have an episode or whatever it is then it's like well what's what did they do wrong or what aren't they doing as to why they have depression or what, what, you know, are you reading enough scripture? Are you praying enough? Right. It deflects it into what aren't you doing because this bad thing is happening in your life. Oh, you got divorced. Well, what weren't you doing as a wife? What weren't you doing as a husband? You know, because you're assuming the reverse. If bad thing happened, then what didn't they do? Right. right. You know, but that's not life. And we all just need to deconstruct that because <laughs> that's what keeps people stuck that's what also creates judgment that's unwarranted so it doesn't have a good outcome either way okay so it's the it's the beginning i i love what you just said it's the beginning of the year uh top of the year most often uh people set goals yeah you know what i'm about to accomplish this year right so what do you do knowing that you know, because you're more probably aware than most because of your background and mm. your studying. How do you prepare yourself mentally to walk your journey? <laughs> knowing that, hey, anything can happen. Anything can happen. That should be the title of this podcast. Well, no, <laughs> anything can happen. What, one thing I really appreciated that, and yeah. I've, I've, I've been acknowledging like everything that you're saying right now. Yeah. And and um, like, I like the fact that you said, um, uh, what, did, what did you say something about um, maturity? right yeah like, yeah like you didn't say like you believe in rainbows and lollipops because yeah. that, that, like my perception is that you're still going through it but you know how to deal with it right so, uh, maturity and there's so much scripture that points to the fact that god wants us to grow in maturity and there's a lot of focus on growing in like spiritual maturity but i think that's too one-sided i think that we are called to grow to also emotional and mental maturity as well. So my whole thing is let's develop a faith that is emotionally, mentally, and spiritually mature. You know, not just spiritually mature because we're a whole person and God created a whole person. So all those aspects matter. But to answer your question about goals, something that I've I've come to accept about myself and that I always tell people, I'm not type A. Like I'm a creative, I'm a big picture person. I'm very go with the flow. I'm very adaptable, flexible. I don't hold on too tightly to things. So when it comes to goals, um, I kind of just have like big goals where it's like, oh, I want to get this. I want this done this year or I want to accomplish this this year. Um, And then I will go into my task list sometimes and then write out the tasks that need to take place in order for that to be accomplished. Um, But I'm also flexible to the timeline of things. Okay. You do like a so, vision board? No, I'm not that, not that person. No, I'm then? very, I'm very go with the flow. <laughs> um, and it works for me. So if, if there's anyone out there who is a go with the flow, you see people who are like type A planners on everything perfectly all the time. And you're just like, I've tried to be that person. And it just, it, it doesn't work. Like it just keeps falling apart or I never stick to it exactly all the time. Like it's going to be all right. Is, is, that, is that like your defense mechanism so that way you don't get disappointed? 
No, it's just like. Oh, that's just your personality. Yeah, that's just my personality. I've always been that way. Like I've always been more. It's so funny. I think people think that I'm like that because they see me doing a lot or they see me coming out with a lot. But I'm like, nah, I'm like, I'm really. (laughs) It ain't that serious. (laughs) I'm really chill. Like I move a lot of things around. I have like big goals that I want to do. And then I will make, I will break it down into like smaller things I need to do to have that goal accomplished. So for example, let's just take this. I want to start a podcast this year. Okay, well, by this date, I need to probably reach out to people for guests. By this date, I want to start recording. By this date, I want to start publishing. So I will break it up into smaller goals, you know, when I have a big goal, but I'm also flexible to move things around according to life because we know, we never know what will happen. And also I'm someone who was a single mom, full-time in school and working. So got to be flexible. Um, so that's how I operate with goals. Like I have big goals. I have things that I want to do and I will put them in my calendar. So like some like uh, approximate dates as to when I want to get them done. But other than that, I don't overthink things. So like fo- <laughs> forward momentum is something that you really, yeah. uh, you really like. Yeah. That's your thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I got to keep it going. And that's cool, you know, because yeah. like, you stay while you're over there thinking and saying how I'm going to take over the world. Like, she already <laughs> she already did it. You know what I mean? She already came in and came out. Like done. I'm also willing to just try stuff. That's something I realized about my personality that I didn't know until I was around other people that I just do. Um, I'm willing to take risks and calculated risks but i'm willing to just try things and find out like and i'm and i'm not afraid to fail because i'm not afraid because i'm not afraid to learn from it and be like oh okay well that didn't work like what could i do differently like now does that mean by any means necessary like you're down (laughs) for the i mean i know you've been through some shit but like like are you are you ready for the worst you know what i mean like Um, with, with with you know, that's a great question. When I was severely struggling with anxiety, I felt a constant state of dread. Like after, you know, I went through my divorce when I was younger and things just hit the fan and I lost my house and I was staying with a friend and then this and that and was having panic and symptoms of anxiety. I just, because so many things were going wrong in my life at one time, and I'm going to speak to this because I want to show there's two sides. Like there can be another side of your life. I was like, in this state where I was constantly expecting something to go wrong or like when things were going well, it's like things are going too well. Like so you were what's about to happen for a little bit. I, I was because, but because my experience was showing me that everything was going wrong and we do judge our perception off of our experiences. That's how our mental framework is created off of our experiences. So in that season in my life, so much had gone wrong. So it was always just like, what's going to go wrong next? Like, <laughs> constant anxiety about stuff and like never feeling safe with life and i had a faith crisis i just didn't trust god because it was like god let all these things happen in my life so guess i'm on my own you know that's how it felt i'm being real it's like guess i'm on my own here i gotta figure it out like you know shit got real yeah and so and then i did feel like god let this happen i did all the right things and he still let this happen so like i'm gonna do this i gotta figure this out I'm on. It's just me here, you know, and I had to reconcile my faith with that, you know. Was there like um, a beer, a shot, a <laughs> anything in this whole transition? I'm pretty oh, sure it wasn't sober, right? Or was it? She got church folks. Oh, okay. Yeah, I on, will honestly, no, I can honestly answer that and say like, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't doing that. 
let me think. I do drink wine, but okay. I don't think I was drinking wine Jesus at the juice. time. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do drink juice. wine. Um, I'm just, I never, I never was like a type of person like smoking stuff. Okay. Tried it in high school, it didn't stick. So it even just out of preference, it's not something that I liked. It didn't feel good in my lungs. Because sometimes you need a beer, right? Like sometimes, yeah. or a, a wine, you know. You, you <laughs> or need, a wine. Like, like you He's need something. His head. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we're, we're, we're talking, you know, God and all these things, and I get it. Like, we're not supposed Some to be. Some people do cope that way. Yeah, at that time, I did. I wasn't at that time. I just wasn't in that framework. And, um, yeah, but, like, I, um, what was I saying? Yeah, so. So I no, was going you, through that. You did it, I was, you did it raw. That's what, that's I did. I did. Yeah. At the time, because also I was just really focused. Right. That's what it was. I was really focused because I started getting into the mental health thing and started reading a lot of books about it and then um, started taking classes like on the tail end of that. So I was like really in this focused mode and I was really just trying to like repair the damages in my life and face really hard things that I never faced in my life. So I was really motivated to like heal like at that time. And so that was that was a really great period. Um, so so yeah, there was that side where it was just like I was anxious and dreaded things all the time. To get back to your question, um, but now I think because I've been through so much and so many unexpected things and have come out on the other side, it almost shifted now and it created this confidence and this faith now where I'm like, I've got I've gotten through the unexpected before, like I've seen my life hit the proverbial fan <laughs> before and I rebuilt, like I got back up. I, by the grace of God, got, you know, got out of that. I've gotten to a completely different side of my life. So I know like if something happened tomorrow, I can rebuild. I can, and like you said before, now I have the resources. I have the tools because I've been there before. I always say when you're like going through a trial again or an episode again or whatever, you're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience. So now you have an advantage. And that's how I feel. It's like things could go wrong. I always tell Jason all the time, my fiance, I'm like, we're not guaranteed good health for our whole life. Like we're not guaranteed you know, that will always be in this position our whole life. Like you never know. So, so how, how has this transitioned <laughs> into your parent, like parenting? Like, yeah. is your kid like Superman? Like, is he like bulletproof? Like as no. far as like, I mean, he's super in my eyes, but like, he's so chill. Okay. He's a chill kid. Like he's super, God knew what kid to give me. Um, he's, he's super chill. I have a very chill parenting style. Like okay. I'm very supportive. I'm very like, um, whatever you want to do, like if you have an interest in that, let's build on that. Like let's invest in that skill, that talent, that want, you know, you know, as long as you're staying on your grades, he loves video games and creativity and things like that. I also think because I was an 18 year old parent, <laughs> okay. uh, my parenting style is very different than my parents. I had to reconcile that. I was like, I'm like way chiller than my parents. <laughs> My parents are cool, but like they weren't like strict, but they were very like da 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 da, like with my schedule, with my time, da da da. Like I'm just a little bit more like, oh, okay, you want to do coding now? All right, let's do. Oh, you want to do drawing now? All right, let's do drawing. You want to like, you know, get in, take your shower, make sure your homework's done, and then for the rest of the do, night. Do you do you put like a little <laughs> bit of your whole faith and your whole mental health, mm. you know, emphasis in in your parenting um, routine or whatever? Yeah, yeah, I definitely like read read your Bible or like 
You know what I mean? Things like that. Like, yeah. Let me know if you're like sad or some shit. You know? Yes, absolutely. Like during the quarantine, when everything was happening and he was home and he wasn't with friends and all that, I actually printed out this emoji chart where it had like all the different faces emojis. And every day we would go to the chart and be like, what are the three emotions or like, what's the emotion you're feeling today? Or what are three emotions you're feeling today? Because sometimes with kids, it's harder to describe or they haven't even been taught to, even some adults haven't been taught to label your emotions. Like, what is it that I'm feeling, <laughs> you know? Um, so I wanted him to get used to like, at least visually labeling his emotions. And it's like, okay, so what do you think? Why do you think you feel that way? Or like, where do you think that came from? And then it opened up conversations for me to really check in with him, you know. And so I do try to definitely incorporate little things like that. So he knows that he's seen and it's, he's heard and he's in a safe space. Um, and do you feel like sometimes you got to smack him or anything <laughs> like that? Or? No, he's very, yeah. thankfully, very well behaved. I haven't had behavioral issues with him. If anything, it's like. You need to get mad if someone messes with you. Like, <laughs> someone does something to you, like, say something. Get mad. You know, don't let, you know. That's he's awesome. fine now. But, like, if anything, it's the reverse. I'm like, I have to teach him to actually be more assertive. You're the one that be going shenanay, like, clapping and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You need to let us know. <laughs> or, like, say something. I have to pull it out. Yeah. That's what it is. I have to pull it out because he's so chill. It's the reverse. Mm. It's not put containing it. It's like, I got to pull it out. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. But thinking of that, like uh, speaking of your son and, and yeah. your fiance, um, yeah. so I know that we can always accomplish more together than, mm -hmm. you know, individually. Um, so I know there's a strong uh, support system um, for you or should be, I'm asking. Um, so how important, <laughs> how important is that to you? Do you have that support system and how, and, and oh, how important is that with what you're trying to accomplish right now? It is priority, number one priority. Like, I don't care if social media shuts down tomorrow and I lose everything. I have my people. Like, that's how I feel. And I didn't always. I knew what it felt like, especially when I moved back to California from Texas and I was, like, starting over and stuff. Like, I didn't really have a lot of people um, and I was going through a lot. So I actually decided to go uh, find a church to get plugged into, find a young adult ministry. A lot of them were younger than me, but I just knew how important it was to have people around. I'm also an extrovert. I'll say that too. I'm also a people person. I always have been. So my tank is fueled and I feel best thriving and wired from being around other people. So I know that's a need for me just personality wise. Um, but yeah, you know, um, Jason has, my fiance has amazing friends this was new for me <laughs> like to be with someone who it's like i like every single friend that you've ever introduced me to like everyone's nice everyone's cool everyone's genuine like and that actually told me a lot about him as a person that was like okay this is a solid guy i can even just tell by his circle but a lot of his friends actually have become my friends and even like some of them my best friends now so some of that came from him and our relationship we have a lot of mutual friends and then I just have, you know, my friends that I've grown to know and love. And we spend a lot of time with our friends. We regularly see our friends, have them over. We celebrate each other. We support each other. We are just a phone call away when things are going wrong. Um, our friendships are, they're a huge priority in our life. And I know that from my past, you never know when something can happen and when you need someone. And it's better to have people already there 
who are there for you rather than what happens a lot of times is that people stop investing in their friendships and their relationships. And then when something goes wrong, they feel like they can't really turn to anyone or they don't have any support. And so I think it's so important to build those friendships because you never know when you're going to need someone and vice versa. You know, I've had situations where something happened to me and then I needed to reach out a friend. And then the next day something happened to her and she needed to reach out to me and you just never know. And so, um, yeah, I we have a very, very solid group of friends that we keep close that I prioritize. I prioritize relationships, you know, um, that's number one for me, even above all the like social media stuff and this and that. Look, my a lot of my friends have like 100 followers. Like they're not even social media people. Like most of my <laughs> friends are not social media people. I love it. Like they're so grounding, like, and they're great. They're great. Grounding down to earth people who are there genuinely like, yeah, our friends are awesome. I'll brag on them any day. <laughs> yeah, but it was a priority, right? Like that's something I think our generation and the generation after us and all that just kind of needs to get better at because now we're all in these silos. We're like isolated to our spaces and with online, what we call parasocial relationships, where it's like you can have relationships with people online, but you still don't really know what's going on. Like really, really. Um, and you got to break that. Like you really need people in your life who f can fully see you and fully know you. That was one thing I had to accept because I kept a wall. Because I was always the person that was expected to be the person that they turned to or look up, looked up to or whatever. And so I felt like I had to keep this um, not image, but like this, um, it's an R word, like reputation or whatever it was. So then it's like, well, I don't want anybody to see me failing. Like, I don't want anybody to see how I really feel because then I don't want to be like disqualified for what I do. You know, I really had to let that go because that was a unhealthy Right. That was an unhealthy, like, I don't even know where it came from, but it was an unhealthy <laughs> thought that I had. And I realized like, no, like I need to allow myself to be fully seen and to fully show up as myself and be accepted. Like I need to experience that because that tells me that like reiterates to me that I am worthy of love and support too. And so sometimes it's like, a lot of people don't realize that they're worthy of love and support because they're not allowing themselves to be loved and supported. And so you have to allow yourself, not everybody, okay? But like <laughs> at least, you know, your core people or at least, you know, a handful of people and you need to have some people in your life who you can be fully seen and fully known and fully supported to feel that you are worth that, that you are worthy of love and belonging as yourself. And it doesn't disqualify who you are or what you do. But I think we only really experience that through relationships. So that keeps me grounded. That keeps me grounded too, for sure. Okay. So we know we got the spiritual aspect of things of how you recenter yourself, you know, right? So what do you, what, what other things do you do, um, say, for instance, outside of the, the mm -hmm. spiritual aspect of things to kind of ground yourself and just do you is it exercising yeah. yoga what are we doing yeah it's different every day 
You know, I think sometimes feel people feel like I have to do the same thing every day to be grounded. It's like, no, like I'm the type of person that I actually don't like doing the same thing every day. (laughs) I like doing something different. But one thing is what I just said is my friendships. They keep me anchored, my close relationships. If I'm feeling off or I'm going through something, knowing that I have people who love me, who will keep me grounded, who will keep me grounded in truth and, you know, in love, that's a big one. Um, Because sometimes you can't see yourself correctly. You don't, you know what I mean? Like you can't see your identity correctly. You can't see where you're going correctly because it's all clouded by doubt and whatever else. And so to have those people who can speak truth and life back into you when you're not seeing yourself, that's big. So that's one thing. It's connecting with my people (laughs) regularly. Um, The other thing is like, I love journaling. That's really great. Sometimes I'll journal my intentions for the month. That's where I start. Like, these are my intentions for the month. These are things I want to do more this month. And these aren't tasks. These are like, I want to be more present on the weekends. I want to stop working on a Saturday and be with my family. Or I want to have slower mornings so I can ground myself. So sometimes I set intentions. They're not tasks, but they're intentions for my mind, for my spirit, for my body. Um, So I'll set intentions for the month. And then every week I'll actually sometimes set intentions for the week which is like, okay, these are my intentions of how I want to flow through my week, how I want to operate in my week, how I want to respond to people, like those types of things. Um, Things that just kind of make you, I don't know if I want to say a better person, but more well-rounded, you know. Um, So I do that. Um, We have a Peloton that's really great. (laughs) Which, you by want, the you, way, you want the tread or the bike? The bike. The okay. Bike. Who, who you? Who's your? Uh, who's Alex Toussaint. Yeah, yeah. He be. He, <laughs> he's so. He's like motivating you, and I'm like, how are you talking? I'm dying. Like, yeah. how are you motivating and talking at the yeah. same time? I think they do. I think they be cheating. They I'm just trying to, to keep I it real. They ain't never sweating or nothing. I'm and like, you up here dying, dying about to fall off the bike. Dying. I think they cheating. Like, no, I'm putting it out there. Am I gonna make it through this ride? Yeah, for real. So yeah, body movement. Getting outside, my relationships, you know, I always tell people like I'm all about keeping it simple because people get overwhelmed. Like I got to do 10 things to take care of my mental health. I'm losing my mental health trying to take care of my mental health. You know, <laughs> like I'm just like simple. Just like what have you noticed? I, again, this I call this intuitive wisdom. Like what have you noticed that when you do these things, you feel better? Like just simply like when you do more of this, you notice your mood is better. Maybe it's when I get on the phone with my friend or when I take a walk or when I create music or when I dance or when I, whatever it is, like identify what those things are. Cause that's evidence of something that helps you and do more of it, like incorporate more of it in your life. And the things that you notice really mess you up and throw you off, do less of it. I know that sounds super simple, but sometimes it is simple. It's just like, pay attention to the things that work, pay attention to the things that don't try to prioritize the things that work more and try to do less of the things that aren't working. You know, and just try to get in that habit. It's mind blowing that as human beings, we have so many tools that we like. <laughs> if you, if, I don't know if you guys see all those, uh, um, all those like you know reels of a bunch of cats. You know what I mean? They're doing like stupid. <laughs> they're doing stupid yeah. shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> opening the drawer, you know, shit like that, right? So it like, work. So if a cat can open up a drawer, you know what I mean, or do stupid shit, like imagine what you could do, <laughs> right? But we're so stuck on like. Oh, if we don't know it, we don't like it. You know what I mean? Like we're not trying something and saying like, 
Like, let me see if I like it. Yeah, like, let me see if it helps. Like, what if what if you know how to play the piano and you haven't even tried it? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, come on. If like stupid cats can do some stupid shit, like, come on. Imagine the stuff that we can do. I always say like, if God can do like so many things with a potato, right? A potato could be fries. It could be baked potato. It could be mashed potatoes. It could be, uh, you know, wedges. It could, if God can do so many things with a potato, imagine what He could do with you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> But you don't I mean, quote me. But no, no, yeah, no. <laughs> let me let me write that down. It's just my favorite because I love potatoes. <laughs> but no, I mean you 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 touched on that earlier when you said yeah. you were you went through your life experiences, which led you to open up the books and begin to study and yeah. get back in college. And then when you while you was in college, you noticed everything just started clicking. Yes. You know, and yes. I think that's what it is. Okay, well, do more of what makes me happy, less of what doesn't make me happy, and. Those things that make me happy, maybe it's going to lead me to try something else. And yeah. when I'm trying that new thing, I notice yeah. I'm a natural at doing it. Right. You know, so I, I think that's, I, that's, that's And literally dope. make it, a, like literally write it down. Like not to make this abstract, but literally like, what are the things? Like, no, I'm write about to start it down, doing that. You, you know? Just, yeah. I'm <laughs> See, about to, I'm about to I need to do style. more and then make it your intention. Like, okay, I want to incorporate these things in my week more because I know that I'm going to feel better. When I do these things, because the past has shown me that when I do these things, I feel better. It, I think it's important to also look at at the fact like, OK, like you you went, you got yourself educated. Right. So I'm pretty sure there's a lot of listeners out there that are like, man, I ain't trying to go to no UCLA. I ain't trying to have like, that was me or like, you know what I mean? Like you don't want to do literally you, me. you don't want to do all these like bullshit just to like affirm that I'm good at this uh, right I but I, but I but I think that. there's a bigger there's a bigger scheme on that um mm -hmm. it's the fact that you're uh learning patience of how to deal with that situation because mm -hmm. uh, emotionally that's going to be your first reaction but if you had a little bit of data to go with it yeah you're going to be yeah. more effective so because you understand so so like if you're lazy like don't look at it that way don't look at it like oh shit here goes 20 20 freaking units or all this crap <laughs> like look at it as moving forward when it's your time to shine you know what i mean you're gonna be like yo uh, no no look, tilt them over you know what i mean like hold yeah. his hold his tongue you know he's gonna you know <laughs> let me shit. say like i i told you guys i was a terrible student like i don't know how i graduated high school <laughs> so i had this idea that like i was not good at school like that i just wasn't like school wasn't for me you know, mind you, I had my kid at 18, you know, so I had to focus on a family. So well, I you was barely not, passed at that yeah. point, right? <laughs> so I was like, college was kind of like, eh, for me, you know, um, at, at, at first. But when I did go back to school, I just took it one semester at a time. I was like, I'll enroll in one unit, you know, and a friend of mine, her mom said the same thing. She'll be like, well, at least you'll have those, you know, you'll just be able to keep that building on unit. it. You'll you have it. Like, okay, I have some credits, like, you know? And then, um, and so I just took it, at first I took one course at a time. I wasn't even overwhelming myself. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, I've never seen how I could be if I did my best. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's how it was. It was like, I've never seen my full potential if I actually fully I never got myself, <laughs> you know? And so I did that like with my first class, A, second class. A, I just put my whole focus. I was 4.0 honor student when I transferred to UCLA. And I was like, I didn't even realize like I could do that. But I just took it one step at a time. And so going back to education, I always tell people like, 
a lot of what I know has come from my experience. Like the core of my content, the core of what I share, most of it comes from experience. My studies, my education, that just gave me the language, I feel like. It gave me the language to label my experiences, to talk about my experiences, to explain my experiences more, to be able to identify the inner workings and communicate it Mm -hmm. better. That's what my studies did. But gosh, I'm so glad that I went through a lot and then went back to school because then when I went to school- It all made sense. It all made sense. I was like, oh yeah, I know, I've experienced that. Or like, yeah, I know someone who has those symptoms. Or like- You were in the book. Yeah, I'm like, me, right? Um, We write ourselves into the DSM-5. But like, it's like, my experiences really equipped me for school. So for I have a very non-traditional path. So I always I love when people when there are people who have non-traditional paths and life isn't the way they thought it would or they go and then they come back or they change their plans. I'm like all for that because I still believe that things can work out if your path is not linear. You know, um, that's the story of my life. You know, and so uh, so yeah. So schooling just kind of gave the language to my experiences, but my experiences I think are the, are the most powerful. Like that's what really equip me to be able to connect with people, to be able to make the academia relatable. Because that's that's the, the other thing. You have a lot of academia and academic jargon and words and data, but it's like, can you communicate that in a human way that the everyday person who maybe did not go to school or maybe can't read a research paper because it's so like jumbled or whatever, like that's where my passion is. It's like taking that, bridging it, and just communicating it in a way that is down to earth, that is relatable, um, that is accessible, you know. Um, and so it's the inner, it's the intersection of both like experience and school, you know. But then you have some people who have experience. Maybe they don't have the schooling, but maybe they just have the understanding or the knowledge, or maybe they've even just taken like a mental health first aid course, something like that, you know, which is Cavemen did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like cavemen somehow like they didn't. It it's like, you know. Some stuff's intuitive. A lot of people don't. Like we, like we were saying earlier, like th- there's no, um, all these doctors. I know there's a lot of doctors out there that barely pass and they're like <laughs> doing a heart transplant. You know what I mean? So like they had C's. You know what I mean? Like you can't really go based off of book knowledge but it yeah. does help but their experience probably experience, helped, right their right. experience working working with patients is what helps and that's why they do that you know seven year residency or whatever it is because it's like okay now you got to put it in practice this doctor imagine know? what caveman did for depression <laughs> back in the day like smack you with a, with something or like give you some like rock or go throw a rock you know what i mean or something you know yeah. who knows but I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure it existed right I'll ask that to God on the other side of it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, like, we'll save that for, you know, the other side. Yeah. It's, um, but yeah, yeah. That's what I always tell people. Like, but you don't, you don't have to be like in academia or fully educated to support someone. Right. To love someone. To be there for them. Listen, not talk. You don't you need an education for that. Yeah. Just be compassionate, you yeah, know. Right. Um, and then refer someone when you've gotten to your the extent of the scope of your knowledge. Just be humble enough to know when to refer them to someone else who has more expertise. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's all it is. Nice. This is all great. I'm putting all this in my toolbox. Yes. All right. So Pack I got a, I got, a, I, I got I got a hypothetical question for you. All right. My favorite. So, all right. Okay. So it's a beautiful Saturday and sunny it, Southern California. It is. You go to the mall. You're in your car. But you notice that all the parking spots are taken. Mm. 
All right, so you waiting. You know how you put your blinker on. Mm-hmm. You see somebody coming. They made eye contact. You looking at them. They looking at you. You looking at them. It's all good. You know that that spot is going to go to you. Yeah. They bag out out of nowhere. Somebody swoops in. Now, you've been waiting for about but 15 to 20 minutes. Okay. Somebody swoops in and takes your spot. Yeah. Okay. I this happened in my college parking lot. Okay. <laughs> okay. Somebody <laughs> swoops in. Are you, A, uh, going to remain calm and just pray about it? Mm. All right. Are you going to go gangster? No. <laughs> like Paul and flatten some tires? I'm a very, like... You know, I'm a very in-between person. So like I'm 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 um I don't want to say I'm confrontational because I'm not, but I, I don't I don't have a problem confronting. Ooh. Yeah, I'm not scary. confrontational, but I don't have a problem confronting when I need to. You know, so I'm like, I feel like this happened at college because those parking spots go like when you have to get in the class. But I will I will roll down my window probably and say, like, hey, look. I've been waiting here for an hour. I know you, like, did you see me? Like, I would say something, but if they're like, Psh, whatever, or they're just like, uh, you know, I'll move on. You move on. Yeah, I'll say something so that you're aware, so that you know that I know <laughs> that I saw you see me, and you go, no, it's at least going to be on your conscience that you didn't do right. <laughs> I'm going to put it on your conscience. But at the end of the day, can't control people's actions. I'm adaptable, like you said. I'll be pissed for a little while, but it'll de-escalate by the time you get to the rest of your day. But yeah, I'm the type of person I will confront and let you know that I know that you know. <laughs> but then I'm going to move on with my life because I got things to do. What's up? What's up? <laughs> I don't like letting other people's actions affect my emotions so much that then I'm thrown off of what I need to be doing. I don't like that feeling. You know, I like to be clear and focused on what I got to do. And so, um, so yeah, I let things go. More power to you. Man. <laughs> I would have been slashing tires. I would have been like, you know what I mean? Calling the tow truck, everything. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, well, you've seen those videos where they, uh, they'll hook it up to a, a winch and a tow cable and oh my God. pull the vehicle out of the parking spot and leave it in the middle of the road. So, yeah, things like that happen. Yeah, like, figure that out. Hit, hit it right in the spot where the airbag pops out. Yeah. You know I mean? like, Figure it out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, more power this, to you. Well, this this has been an amazing, amazing uh, conversation, an amazing show. Miss um, Brittany, before I even, even end on any note, um, what should we look out for? Where can we find you? What do you have mm-hmm. coming up? That hotline, you know what I mean? You got to get everybody. To, find you know. me on the hotline. That's great. Um so yeah, yeah. Um, you guys caught me at a good time because I do have stuff coming out. I just finished my book um, with Dayspring. Oh, okay. It's called "Worthy: Fifty Mindful Moments to Bring Peace and Clarity to Your Day." Um, it's kind of like daily devotional style, but it's just with like gentle truths. It's not long. I think that we're oversaturated with information. I didn't want to do something that was going to overwhelm people's minds even more. I wanted to do something that was just like every day, you know, two, three paragraphs of gentle truths to help clarify your mind and your priorities and your state of mind and bring peace to the day. Um, And then it has a mental health journal with each day and daily affirmations. So it's 50 days of that. So that's coming out July 26th. Okay. Um, It'll be on Amazon and probably wherever books are sold by that time. Um, so that's coming. Check that out. You could pre-order it now on Amazon, actually. And then I have the Faith and Mental Wellness podcast, which is where we host conversations at the it's intersection. Cracking. It's <laughs> cracking. Let them know. Let them know. 
where we host conversations at the intersection of faith and mental health. I really have loved this because I've been able to have conversations with both mental health professionals and those with lived experience, like those who may have lived with the diagnosis or lived through these things and tell from their side as to what's practically helped them that experience that we talked about. So it's both like the real person, you know, the reality of the person side, but then also the professional side, because I think both help create a complete picture, a more, a more complete picture. So there's the podcast. And then I'm just on all the social media things. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, I'm trying to do TikTok. We try and we'll see. It's a bit much. It's a, it's a lot. Yeah. I can't, I don't know if I'm be dancing every day. I don't know if I'm not, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to my figure out hurt. where my space is, you know, still. So, but yeah, I'm on all the things. So BrittanyMoses.com is where you could probably just find everything. Bam, ladies and gentlemen. Bam. She said it. Oh, well, ladies and gentlemen, we're coming to the uh, conclusion of our show. Um, like I do all the time, I open up the floor, the floor, the table and the microphone to so our guests and to the other half of the show. Um, GQ Nesto will start off with you. Well, uh, I'm going to definitely stay on track as far as the things we discussed in this episode. And I just mm. want to say tomorrow will be a better day. Amen. That's it. That's it. And Miss Moses, is there anything you would like to share with our listeners, our viewers? Honestly, I'm just so grateful. Like, I would say that sometimes you hear things and then you just kind of move on with your day and it sounds good and it goes one ear and out the other. And I would just challenge the listeners if there's something that you heard today from any of us that really hits you to really like pause after this episode and meditate on what that thing is, whether it is making that list or, you know, reconstructing that belief system that you've been holding tight to, like actually pause after this and really visualize what it would look like for you to apply or implement some of the things that were said here today. Nice, nice. And I would have to say, uh, make sure y'all subscribe and like <laughs> and comment and all that kind of stuff. But on 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 ending, I would say that everybody's journey is different. Mm-hmm. Um your perception of how you look at the situations and circumstances that are occurring in your life is based on how you're going to handle them, right? So if you're looking at something out of a negative way and not being able to turn that into a positive, which it can be, mm-hmm. uh, you just got to be very resilient. So practice resiliency and pray and and ask God for guidance, you know, but uh, we love you. We thank you. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I'm your boy, Drew. This is Option Forward. We see you guys next time. Peace.